If you like sports talk with absolutely no sports talk, then welcome to the Just Not Sports podcast. This is the show where a couple guys who work in sports talk to the people who play and cover sports about anything they like, Just Not Sports. On today's show, we will break out our inner coffee nerdness with the amazing NFL writer Peter King. And we'll also talk to freshly minted NFL assistant coach Ed Reed about all his favorite TV shows none of which he'll be able to watch when he starts breaking down the All-22 for Rex Ryan this season. (laughs) I'm your co-host, Brad Burke. I'm a sports marketer in Chicago. And joining me in studio, a leading sports media strategist who has worked for the University of Colorado, the Green Bay Packers, and many, many global sports brands, it's Mr. Adam Willard. Adam, how are you? I'm doing well, Brad. How are you? You are doing well. You got that pep in your step. You got the fire in your eyes. feel good. Did you watch a lot of TV prepping for this week with Ed? Uh, I watched the entire season two of Daredevil over the weekend. Oh. 13 episodes. Is it any good? Uh, Not as good as the first season, but pretty good. Was the first season any good? Yes. (laughs) Okay, I have no idea. (laughs) I'm like, okay. Adam, Adam, what did you think of The Punisher? Um, One of the best portrayals of The Punisher that I've seen. Um, I... Actually, the best. I think there have been some very disappointing portrayals of Punisher and uh, cinematic history. Dolph Lundgren and then um, what was the other guy's name? Thomas Jane? Is that his name? Thomas Jane of Hung. I think he's an outstanding actor, but is way too much of a pretty boy to play Punisher. So, um, yeah, I don't recall that. John Bernthal. John Bernthal. John Bernthal was the guy. I was in a play with him. My freshman year of college at Skidmore College, whoa, and whoa. for a just not sports story, uh, I mean, I was a freshman. He was the big time guy. He was also a baseball player on campus, and he had the cast party for our show, a slight case of murder, at his house with a bunch of baseball dudes. Now Skidmore was not a very jockey kind of school. And so I'm a freshman. I'm, I mean, look, I'm a big guy, but I didn't really know anybody there. It's October. And this dude, this baseball player walks up to me and he turns to his buddy. and He's like, I'm going to kind of f- with this kid. And he walks past me. As he walks past me, he elbows me right in the kidneys. And I kind of turn around. And I was like, what the hell, man? And he like, they start making like, dude, we'll f- you up. Don't do anything like this. And so some other cast members are around. They're like, let it go, let it go. You know, it's a weird, like, jocks and theater nerds kind of thing. The next day, I didn't tell anybody this, but word got back to John Bernthal. I mean, look, I was nobody. He was a star of the show. I was policeman number two. All right, I'm a freshman. He comes walking up to me. He pulls me aside, and he's like, yo, somebody f- with you at my party last night? I was like, yeah, it's no big deal, man. Don't worry about it. He's like, no, 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 no. When you're in this show with me, we're family. Oh. Nobody does that to you. Nobody does that to my family. You let me know if anything else goes down. It's John Bernthal is always okay in my book. And that guy was, he's an all right dude. I'm really excited to see him having such a good career. So he yeah. was literally the punisher of your theater troupe. 
No, the Punisher oh, was the absolutely. guy who beat up Gareth at a party. No, the Punisher is a vigilante who oh. protect, protects the innocent. All right. Well, speaking of Gareth, Come on, on the phone this week, comics. our other co-host, <laughs> Emmy-winning sports producer and noted bully victim, <laughs> Gareth Hughes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So yeah, they're sort of, uh, that's as good a story as I'm going to have this week, but yeah, John Bernthal, uh, I guess you're my hammer for this week. Come on, just not sports. Talk about your college baseball career and talk about your much more successful career in Hollywood, the Wolf of wall street. I just saw him in me and Earl and the dying girl. I mean, he's killing it. Let's so, do it. John Bernthal, you're my hammer. All right. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of hammer, it's time to get to ours. So as you know, on Just Not Sports, we don't just invite people on. Uh, we look out on the internets, on the interwebs, and see who in the athletic world is talking about something not sports-related, and we invite them on publicly. So, uh, Gareth, yours already you've already made it known. He's got the golden ticket. Adam, who do you want to invite on the show this week? So I had the pleasure, and I will say pleasure, of going to South by Southwest. I think um, those who have appreciated it as a music festival would say it's overrun by corporate types like Brad and I like me. Yep. Um, but I do, I did really appreciate it as a place where there was a genuine exchange of thoughts. And one of the tracks of South by is uh, South by sports, which was in its third year. And I saw a really great panel um, it was titled Mental Health in Sports, The Next Barrier to Break. I think um, that mental health, depression and, uh, depression, and anxiety are things that are still giant stigmas in our society as a whole, although getting better, but particularly in sports, to show any kind of weakness or any sign that your performance um, may be impacted by what's going on on uh in your life or even following sports uh a lot of the difficulties that athletes go through i know um depression and anxiety it's been something that has existed in my family um i've been able to recognize it in other people particularly athletes and when i left the green bay packers even as just an employee um the kind of anxiety and depression i experience was something that I would never wish on my worst enemy. And so I do think in general, more than a, um, a specific person, it's a topic I would like to talk about. I imagine there are a number of athletes that have been impacted by it. And what I would hope to do is get a, a handful of athletes to talk about whether during whether they're a current athlete, um, at any level or they're a retired athlete, um, who have, in some way I've experienced, uh, I've had mental health, uh, issues. I think it's an important topic for us to address. Um, we have a lot of fun on the show, but I, I was so fascinated and moved by, uh, the talk and the athletes who are on the panel that I would really like to explore the topic more. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. We, we had Jay Williams on the show a few weeks ago sure. and he talked very candidly about after the accident ruined his, um, his very promising NBA career, it wasn't just, oh, I missed out on the money. It's, what's my purpose? There was a former NFL player, um, Gerald McGrath, who played for the Tennessee Titans, and his career ended because of injury. He had 
some problems with alcohol and he just didn't know what to do next. And I thought, uh, I, I was kind of wondering why. And he, later on in the talk, he explained that in sports, they're constantly told you, telling you, don't think about what, don't think about the next game. Don't think about the next play. Don't think about the next quarter. Think about right now. All you have is right mm-hmm. now. But as soon as a player retires, the first question is, so what are you going to do with the rest what of your now? life? Yeah. Um, so it's like a very, in addition to those who have had pre-existing mental health issues, the sudden trauma that you go through where your life is very regimented, um, you're taught to think about what you're doing there and everything's very structured for you to being out in the world by yourself and having to do things that other adults take for granted, you're doing them for the first time. Uh, The lifestyle following playing professional sports can be very jarring. And uh, I'm interested in in talking to more athletes about that. Yeah. I agree with you, Adam. The other thing is like, I have to say like, it's one of those things that isn't going to come out more until more people talk about it. Right. And uh, I, I will guess state publicly. I mean, I don't know. I see a therapist. I've been treated for anxiety and depression. Uh, I have, I have no problem admitting that because frankly, it's something that uh, the more people talk about, the better it will get. I've talked about this with athletes. It is a prevalent issue. Um, One thing I think that social media is great at is people sort of sharing that as a confessional. And I look forward to a time when we're past the confessional stage of that. And it's more just like you can state it as fact. Um, But to your larger point too, like when we had Drew Bledsoe on the show and when I talked to him, we went out to dinner the night before I did that interview. He talked about when he retired, he had never seen a doctor as an adult. You know, like his, he had just never had to go to a doctor. It was always just go to the team and they take care of you. And I do think part of the larger purpose of this show ties into, I don't know, I think the healthy life for an athlete and setting them up for a post playing career does involve just not sports off field type of activities. So I don't, I just think, I think it's a, an important topic in general, but I think it's important to the purpose of this show and what we're doing to talk about those things. You know, Gareth, you had me worried because I was like, wait, Drew Bledsoe didn't like his whole inside like shatter when he got hit. That's what started Tom Brady's career. It was like, they didn't send him to the hospital. Like what do he do? Just go home and like put ice on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, walk, walk off your collapsed lungs, son. Right. But so. it, it is so interesting because I've, Believe me, my life was not the same as Drew Bledsoe, but especially living in Green Bay where football is king, our team doctor was my doctor. Oh, where do you want to meet to do your checkup? Oh, how about we just do it in the training room? We're both going to be here anyways. Every year I got a flu shot, a mandatory flu shot, because the training staff would come around and anyone who was around players, which obviously I was, had to get a flu shot. So those things for me, like, I know that's, it sounds really weird, but coming to Chicago and like thinking about finding a doctor and going to the doctor's office. I mean, I've worked a a life in sports and the transition out of like working for a team to 
a PR agency was was really um, upsetting for me um, and pretty traumatic. And I mean, if if it can happen to me, um, imagine a, a twelve a twelve year NFL vet, right? Well, you know, transitioning to something that also causes a lot of mental anguish, uh, my hammer is related to The Bachelor. (laughs) (laughs) Specifically, the Minnesota Twins were all watching The Bachelor uh, finale together, and they have a Twins Wives Twitter handle that follows the team and shares photos, and they were just sharing like this huge party. They cooked tacos. They watched The Bachelor together. So I'm going to say right here, Anyone on the Twins, come on. Let's talk about The Bachelor. I want to break down Bachelor Ben, his good decisions, his poor decisions. What was up with Olivia? Are you happy for JoJo getting to be The Bachelorette, or do you, do you think she missed out on a, a once-in-a-lifetime chance for love? And then let's also double down. Let's get Dave Jacoby from ESPN, Julia Lippmann from the, from the Ringer. They can host it. We'll just back out. Let those guys reunite. I'm bringing people together. I'm part of the solution, Adam. Way to marginalize mental health, Brad. Way to go. <laughs> there, was really, there was really no good way to get out of that. Unless I was like, I also have something about mental health. Uh, well, with speaking of laughing, so the interviews today, uh, Peter King, a legendary NFL writer. We love talking to him about coffee. As you guys, anyone who reads the MMQB and reads um, his Monday morning quarterback column knows he's always talking about coffee Week in, week out. We really go deep. We break down a lot of different angles. And then Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Wow. We got really, <laughs> really into Ed's uh, you know, favorite TV shows. We had a lot of fun. We broke down a lot of uh, different angles with it. It's kind of an insane interview because Ed's like in the car. He kind of ran late to something. So we were like, we'll do it in the car. So he's in the car. He's like talking to his son. At one point, I think he's, think he's placing a drink order at like a Fuddruckers or something like that with his kid. But it's a lot of fun. Just, uh, just enjoy it for what it is. And, um, Ed may have been talking to himself for driving around like Rocky and Rocky four, like listening to there's no easy way out. So anyway, You'll definitely hear his son in there too. That is, that is worth noting for sure. Reminds me a little so. bit of the Bill Bellamy interview where the same, where similar. Those are great. We should have paired those together. Missed opportunity. All right. We're going to get right into our interview with Peter King. Stick around. We'll be right back. Joining us now is Peter King. Peter is one of the most respected and popular football writers in the country. His website, The MMQB, is a go-to destination for news and analysis, and his Monday morning quarterback column is as important to NFL fans as that first cup of coffee on a Monday morning. Which is appropriate, since Peter's readers all know he's as passionate about coffee grinds as he is about the gridiron. So today we're going to go full coffee nerdness and break down the odds and ends of Peter's favorite drink. So Peter, thank you so much for joining us today. How much coffee have you had this morning? I usually have the uh Italian roast from Starbucks. I uh that I usually, you know, in the morning just have a little bit of cereal and then I'll have a gigantic coffee, uh a gigantic uh uh you know, gigantic uh Italian roast, and then later in the day, I'll have some sort of espresso drink, usually a macchiato, 
but uh, I don't know. I bet for six or eight or ten years I've been having Italian roast every day when I wake up. Uh, Peter, very important question. What is your opinion of soy foam toppers? <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I'll tell you what. I drink almond milk with my cereal, but I drink whole milk in my coffee. And I know that America is waiting to hear that, but <laughs> I've never been I've never been a soy guy. Um, but I probably should be a soy guy, seeing that it's probably forty times healthier than regular milk is. <laughs> well, first of all, America is waiting to hear this, and uh, we're glad that you're you're going deep on coffee. I was going to ask you, I drink my coffee black, and I don't drink a lot of it. My wife is religious in terms of adding cream. Sounds like you're you're a cream person too. How much is the optimal amount of room to be left for cream when you when you ask for room uh, uh, for your Starbucks barista? <laughs> I can't I can't have I can't have just a drop of you know because to me that's almost like why bother? So I, I want to have a little bit of cream in the coffee. Are you a sugar per? Do you add sugar or Splenda no, or no? No, no. There's no no sugar. Although I'll have. Uh, you know, I'll have like, uh, you know, sometimes I'll have a caramel macchiato, but I mostly like my my coffee, uh, you know, without sugar, a little bit of milk or something, but without uh, without sugar. Uh, Peter, is do you use coffee for medicinal purposes? And by that, I mean, <laughs> if there's not a Starbucks or a decent coffee shop nearby, are you a guy who will use the coffee in your hotel room just so you get that morning fill? Sure. Or would you refuse? Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good coffee out here. I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, if I don't get a good, uh, really good dark roast coffee, you know, like on my training camp trip uh, in the summer, I'm gone for three or four weeks, right. and I go around to all the different places. I mean, when you're at the Fairfield Inn in Bourbon A, Illinois, uh, you're probably not having Starbucks. So, or you're probably not <laughs> right. having Pete's. So, you know, I just, I mean, I'm not, I mean, yeah, I am a little nerdy about coffee, but I mean, I'm fine with, with, uh, lesser, uh, lesser grinds, lesser, lesser kinds of coffee. I really, I probably, I do that thing in the column for fun and probably to poke fun at myself a little bit more than anything else <laughs> and to say what a coffee snob I am an awful lot of the time. But I mean, I'm an any port in the storm guy too. I'll take any kind of coffee. Peter, do you remember the first time that you wrote about coffee in your column and how did it become a regular part of your writing? Um... Well, I started in 1997. I started writing Monday Morning Quarterback, and my boss at the time, uh, I mean, we were just starting a website at the time, cnnsi.com, and my boss yep. at the time said, I want you to write about different things other than football. And I forget when I started writing about coffee. All I know is that my wife started to think it was very strange when I would go to a game every week and I would say, you know, she'd say, oh, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to Seattle and I'm connecting through Chicago. And or I'd say, yeah, I'm going to Phoenix and I'm connecting through Chicago. And, and, and she said, 
why are you always connecting through Chicago? And I said, because in the, in the terminal at O'Hare, they have a Starbucks. And she at the time didn't even know what Starbucks was <laughs> because it was new. And I said, they, they have these, they have this, this coffee that I absolutely love in, uh, in the terminal at O'Hare. So I used to connect and so I was telling her and telling a bunch of people that I would do that. And they said, you're out of your mind. You're crazy. You do that for coffee. And I said, well, I love this coffee. So yeah, that's how, that's kind of how it started. So as an early adopter of Starbucks, you've remained loyal, even as it's gone from like Seattle startup to, uh, basically running the earth. Um, did you ever, did you, did, did your love for Starbucks ever wane, uh, through the years? Did you ever venture out and, and become a Duncan guy for, for two or three uh, seasons or no? Oh, it's... I mean, I drink, I drink Dunkin' Donuts all the time. Yeah. Um, but I, I probably the alternative for me, uh, is Pete's. I mean, I yeah. really love yep. Pete's and I, you know, at JFK now, cause I live in New York at JFK and one of the terminals, they have like five Pete's. And so. You know, if I've got enough time, I always make sure I hustle over to that terminal and get a, you know, a Pete's latte, you know, with three or four shots before I go. Because I just, I think Pete's is so, I think Pete's is utterly consistent, wonderful coffee. Um, But that's probably, if I can have one of the two in the morning, I'll, I'll be pretty happy. What about caribou coffee? I'm kind of a caribou guy. Oh, I do like, yeah, I do like caribou. You're right. It, it, I don't, I don't see it all that much because it's mo, it's mainly, I think it's mainly like an upper Midwest place. Yeah, upper Midwest. Uh, I really, my hometown of Denver. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it, you seem. Oh, pretty... they have. I didn't know they. I didn't know they had caribou in Denver. They have a couple. You know, Denver is a real interesting coffee town. I forget the name of it, but I think it's like Peaberry. They've got a bunch of cool places that I've been to there. Yeah, they make uh, they make good coffee and tea. I know uh, I started with the tea yeah. and moved to the coffee. And uh, But yeah, the Caribou is right outside of the American Airlines terminal as you go down the escalator to get on the uh, tramway. It is outstanding, and I made my mom... I made my mother wait for me. Uh, she's picking me up. I made her wait 15 minutes so I could get a cup of coffee. Listen to you guys giving our, our listeners all the tips on where to go in every airport in the country. I'm sure they're fascinating. <laughs> Peter, you- you're a little bit of a, des- you're a desperado, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I live a crazy life. <laughs> Peter, you, you travel so much to NFL cities. I'm curious whether there's a particular small locally owned coffee shop in a, a smaller market like a Green Bay or or someplace like that, that you, you always make a pilgrimage to? Because you're also someone in the column who's not afraid to hustle like you were talking and run an extra terminal over to go get what you want during a tight turnaround. So is there, is there a local shop that, well, that just no, gets you No, you moving? know what? I don't, I don't, there isn't a single place, but usually what I do in a place like Denver, Denver has four or five really cool coffee shops and I always try and I forget the names of them, but I always try to hit one or two of those. Like if I'm there for a weekend covering a game or if I'm there for two days in training camp, I will always go to one of the different ones uh, in town when I'm there, because to me, I mean, who knows when you're going to discover the next great espresso. It's like, so I always try to take the opportunity to find a new one. 
Pumpkin spice sweeping the nation the last few seasons, uh, not just at Starbucks anymore, but all over. Are you a pumpkin spice guy or overrated for you? Uh, it's a little bit too, uh, what's the right word for me? It's a little bit too, um, uh, flavory for me. I don't know yeah. exactly how to put that, but I, if I'm going to have, uh, a coffee, you know, I, I really like, uh, say a caramel macchiato or something like that. Yep. Um, it's something a little bit uncomplicated, you know, because to me, the pumpkin spice latte, there's about, there's about nine flavors going on in there. And I don't know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's okay to try, but like, I, you know, like I, I'm, I'm more of, I, I want to be a little bit simpler, really. Right. I feel like when it gets too complicated, it means you don't actually like coffee. You like whatever Stuff, this yeah, yeah. The beverage is, but you're not a coffee fan. It's like having stuffing, but no yeah. turkey, you know? That's, that's one of the things, Adam. I, I just, you know, like every time I go to Pete's, all I get is, you know, uh, you know their medium-sized latte with an extra shot. That's all I get because I love their espresso. Now, I need a little bit of milk to take the edge off the espresso, but in general, I just, I really like the taste of espresso, and that's what I want mostly, you know? Yeah, I mean, real quick, Peter, on the culture of coffee houses, are you the type of person that will work in a coffee house all day long, or are you the type of person that wants oh, to get very in, get out? much, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in fact, in fact, uh, you know, I most times... Like if I am on my NFL training camp trip in the summer, I will get up an hour early in the morning before we're leaving to go from one place to another. And constantly, like all the time, what I'll do is I'll go to the nearest Starbucks. If there's one within, you know, say three or four miles and I'll get an hour of writing in before we head out on the road, I'll have, I usually have an oatmeal, and and then I'll have the coffee and then I'll be ready to go. But I I love working in coffee shops. I I think the environment's good. I like reading the newspaper in there. And so yeah, I I do that all the time. So you're a well-known guy. I would imagine if you're busy, you don't want to get stopped and have to answer questions about the Bears or the the Chargers' latest picks. Do you use a pseudonym when you order your coffee at Starbucks so they don't just no. yell Peter? Okay. No, <laughs> no, no way, no. I mean, I, I, you'd be surprised. I don't get recognized very much at all, but you know, but sometimes like, especially if you're having a coffee, if I order a, a coffee, there will be somebody in line and they'll say something like, wow, you really do like coffee, huh? And I said, <laughs> well, yeah, I've been, you know, I've been writing about it for 20 years or whatever. I guess I, I guess I like it, but, uh, it's, it's. <laughs> I don't, I think sometimes if, you know, you're on TV occasionally and you're a writer, you're a national writer, people probably think, well, geez, you're famous and everybody knows you, but I don't get recognized very often. I mean, maybe a couple of times a week. That's really about it. Peter, when it comes to your conversations, I mean, you, you, you're talking to uh, NFL GMs and owners and players and coaches on a daily basis. Uh, do any of them ever bring up the subject of coffee with you? 
Yeah. In fact, Jason Light, the, uh, the general manager of the Fox, has brought up both beer and coffee with me. Um, as you know, basically, there's a lot of there's a lot Mike McCagnan of the Jets. There's a lot of Starbucks nerds in the NFL, um, and they don't make a big deal of it. But uh, there's several guys in the league who I'm talking to. They'll they'll, they'll talk about what they just uh, you know what their special kind of coffee is. So yeah, it's. <laughs> It's very, very interesting, the little pet things that people care about. Um, you know, Jake, Jason Light is a big, like, harpoon beer guy, and he knows that I am a big harpoon beer guy, too. Yep. So we talk about that sometimes, too. It's funny. It's funny. How, it's funny how there are times when people, you know, you're talking to somebody, hey, who are you going to pick with the first pick in the draft? And they come back and they want to talk coffee or beer. <laughs> Well, Peter, we, we you've given us a lot of time. You're 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 very busy. We, we, to let you go, one of the things we do is we know how at, we appreciate how athletes have to go through the aptitude test, like the Wonderlick. So on the Just Not Sports Show, we have the Wonder Like, which is five quick questions about the subject you like. So Adam's got five questions about coffee, and I'm going to go ahead and guess you're going to get four of them right. No pressure. Go ahead. And, yeah. And as we found with our other guests. Even if you don't get them correct, that's okay. This is a learning experience as much as anything. <laughs> right, yeah. Question number one. In Italian, espresso means when something is what? Fast. Forced out. Forced I don't out. know. <laughs> For, forced out. Oh, uh, we'll really? Give you okay, well. Partial credit on that because uh, it is forced out very fast. No, don't credit. give me any credit. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. okay. Anyway, go to number two. Number two. In a famous Folgers commercial from the 1980s, a young man comes home on Christmas morning and wakes up his house by making a pot of Folgers. What was this young man's name? Holy cow. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, William Hurt. <laughs> it was Peter. The character, everyone I says, it was Peter. Everyone says, Peter, Peter, you woke us up. Uh, all right. Over two, but we're going to rebound here. Adam, number three. I need to. I need to do my homework on commercials. I <laughs> that's guess. okay. Yeah, that's no, right. I think uh, th- I, this one you got for sure. Which national chain claims to be America's largest retailer of coffee by the cup? Got to be Dunkin' Donuts. That's right. Dunkin' Donuts is correct. That is right. Yeah. All right. What came first in 2015? The NFL regular season or the Starbucks pumpkin spice latte? Uh, The NFL regular season. This was a tough one. I blame Brad for this because it's close. It was pumpkins. Pumpkin spice came back two days before uh, Steelers Patriots. Oh, how do you expect me to get that? <laughs> yeah. That's so fair. I thought maybe you would have had one. You were probably at the game. You know, we figured maybe you'd know. Yeah. All right. Brad is not giving the wonder lick. He's giving like yeah. the bar test. Yeah, right. One, one last one. As of May 2014, what city has the most Starbucks stores in the world? Seattle. No, it's a good guess, but it's actually Seoul, South Korea. 284 locations. That's amazing. Versus 277 in New York City. Yeah. 
And that was two years ago, so wow. I might have switched. I'm but, shocked at that. Yeah. yeah. Another piece shocked. of trivia for you. There are now more um, marijuana dispensaries in Denver than there are Starbucks. That's a sin. That's a crime. It's <laughs> a crime. Depends, depends on, who on the you audience, ask. Peter. Yeah, depends <laughs> on the audience. Well, anyway, Peter, yeah. we can't thank you enough for being so generous with your time. Uh, we know your uh, your readers will love hearing you kind of go deep on coffee. Uh, we're big fans of the column and all of your work at the MMQB. So uh, our audience can follow you on uh, Twitter at SI underscore Peter King and definitely follow your work on MMQB. So uh, enjoy the rest of the offseason if there is one for you, which I'm sure there's not. And uh, thank you for joining. Thanks very much, guys. I, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Joining us on the show right now is Ed Reed. As a lifelong Bengals fan, few players broke my heart more consistently than Ed. For a decade with the Ravens, Ed always seemed to come up with a big interception or game-clinching hit for Baltimore and always against my Bengals. But he was a great player, and we all enjoy watching great players. He was a nine-time Pro Bowler, a five-time first-team All-Pro, and he won both an NCAA title with Miami and a Super Bowl with the Ravens. He's now joining the coaching staff of the Buffalo Bills, so before all of his free time is spent watching game film every night, every hour, Ed, we wanted to talk to you about your uh, passion for some prestige television, everything from Empire to Walking Dead to Game of Thrones. So, Ed, thank you so much for being here, and uh, what's on your DVR tonight? What do you got queued up? No problem, man. Tonight, I don't have anything queued up, honestly, man. Um, you know, I've been trying to get myself together to, to move up to Buffalo. And, you know, um, I'm, I've been watching a lot of basketball as of lately, man. Anytime football is over, you know, basketball takes over. You know, I've been, I've been really following, you know, go to state a little bit, you know, and just seeing what was going on tracking the trades and see if, you know, anything interesting was going to happen. You know, but for the most part, just watching basketball games, college basketball as well. You know, last, uh, what that, two nights ago, I was watching, what was that last night? Watching Miami play against um, against Virginia. And uh, it was crazy because my son's mother went to Virginia, so it was a little funny in the house last night. Well, let's let's start by talking about some specific shows. So we know you're a big fan of Empire. I'm just curious, like, what is it about that show that helped it become such a cultural um, phenomenon? Really, like from the from the first episode, we saw people dive right in and just start consuming it. They blew up Twitter about it. What do you think is the biggest draw? What what draws you to the show? Um, probably just the hip hop factor to it. You know, the fact that, you know, it's got a music music background to it. You know, I love music, you know, and um that was the most intriguing part about it. And of course, you know, Cookie and um my man uh, Terrence Howard, you know, um, you know, they their characters, you know, I've always kind of followed them uh, from um what was the movie they made? Uh, Hustle and Flow. Right. You know, they, they always, they seem to work good together, you know, and um, so th- them two there, I like them as actors, you know, so I kind of follow them, you know, in that that, that aspect of um, Empire, you know, and um, like I said, the movie part of it, you know, how you not like Cookie though, man? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uh, beyond just the entertainment factor, Ed, 
Uh, I think it's uh-huh. I think it's been really culturally significant to see an all African American cast um, with a hip hop theme show mm-hmm. uh, achieve such high ratings. I mean, mm-hmm. you can talk about shows throughout yep. history like the Cosby Show, but if we had known what Cliff Huxtable was doing with his prescription pad, maybe uh, they would have canceled that one sooner. But uh, <laughs> besides that, uh, how significant do you think it is culturally um, that that you have a, a African American cast with a hip hop theme show? Guys, I think it's big. You know, I think it's big. But you know, the world is more diverse these days. You know, I mean. And we, we as a culture need to start to get past, you know, just one race. You know, we need to learn to live together, you know. And I think that helps that because you just, you don't have just, I mean, African-Americans on there, of course not. But, you know, we need to start working together. And I and I think with having that, it's starting to understand that you put, you put us in leadership roles that we can do it just as well as anybody else, you know. And, um... I think a lot of people has gravitated to it, like you said, not just black people, white people, you know, everybody's kind of gravitating to that show because it's so entertaining. And it does, um, I think the last couple episodes, you know, it really grabbed hold to a lot of issues that was going on in the world. And that's something that you don't see on TV as much as see stars do. You know, it's good that you can, you know, you can take your your platform and, and use it you know, to bring attention to what's going on in our society. Yeah, Gareth here. You know, it's interesting to hear uh, you talk about this. This is obviously something we've talked about with some of the stuff that we've aired before. And how do you uh, represent a society when it's something that, I don't know if your son's watching this show with you, but we talked about with some football stuff. No, you know. He's not. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. But, you know, like the stuff that you say, like, I'm sitting there watching this with my son, you know, it, it, it becomes more about, I think you put it well, it's more about, look, this is what the world is like, and TV should reflect the state of our world more, that's as opposed to a, a specific agenda or anything like that. Yeah, so. hey, you're watching, like, watching the news show, a certain news, you know, show, um, you know, they might just stick to certain things to show you certain stuff that's, you know, it's, it's more to that. It's like football, for instance, uh, ESPN, one of them shows that, you know, they only, they don't show the guys in the, in the um, community doing their foundation work, you know, until something bad happens. And then you hear, well, this guy's a good guy. You know, he just had this one moment, you know, we all make mistakes, mm. you know, but we, uh, we might have that. We, we, we do so much good stuff throughout the year you know, to where it be that one time we make a mistake, we just we just hang a person, so to say, and just 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 go all out and just they're bad people. That's not the case. We all make mistakes. None of us are perfect. None of us are yeah. perfect. None of us are immune to what happens in this world. You know, there's only one perfect being, and we all know who that is. So, you know, it just I don't know. It, just, it helps us grow, man. It does help us grow, and it brings a lot of information in. But we we also got to be mindful that we are raising kids and the kids are our future. And I feel like, you know, we as a community in our country kind of forgotten about that, man, in certain instances. So Ed, Ed, you're a Super Bowl champion. You're a, you're a celebrity. You're going to be in the hall of fame. How come when you're watching a show and you like it, 
you don't immediately call your agent and say, I'm going to be in a cameo on this show tomorrow. Get that done. Because I feel like you should be on whatever show you want to be on, man. That's what I'd be doing. I feel like that, too. And honestly, I I went to L.A. and I went to W.E. Uh, you know, I have I have people who I've talked to about making a movie or being in a movie. I actually got a call a day from somebody who works in that industry to try to get me to read some scripts. And I'm like, I'm about to go coach. You know, I can't be there Friday or next Friday. You know, so I've, I've actually did some readings, you know, I'm at Tyler Perry Studios. You know, um, so... I mean, I would love to do it. It's, it's something I had a passion for growing up as a kid. I used to, I'd be a, I, I was a much more movie guru than I am now. I watch a lot more um, TV than, you know, than I do now, you know. But, I mean, sometimes that's just not your world. You know, it might not be your gift. You know, God gives us different gifts, you know, and mine is definitely in football. And I know that, you know, so I, I tend to stick around it. Did you just I don't know. I, I hear your son <laughs> laughing in the background. You're a guy with a big amount of personality. So don't be too modest. About, like, that, that's crazy that that was, that was not planned. And I don't even know if he's laughing at me, but, <laughs> you know, it was not time. So, I mean, God don't make mistakes, man. You know, so, I mean, I would love to do it. I definitely wouldn't shy away from it. I wouldn't turn it down. You know, I would love to learn that craft. You know, um, I've talked to people in that industry plenty of times, so I would definitely love to learn that craft, man. It wouldn't shy away from doing the cameo. You know, I've told people to call me, man. I'd be a bus driver. You know, how you make all these? How you make? How you making all these sports movies and don't have an athlete doing it? You know, I don't yeah. get that. And I want to make a football movie, a real football movie. You know, we need another football movie right now. You know. We need to go old school, you know, like Wildcats, you know, something like that. <laughs> well, Ed, not to make this competitive, but your old rival, Heinz Ward, did have a cameo on The Walking Dead, my friend. He played a zombie. It's not, I talked to Heinz about it. It's not that hard to put on makeup for the day and just walk around and grunt, man. I think we got to get this done. Man, I would definitely do Walking Dead. I, man, that's my show. You know, I, I, I watched that one a whole lot. I would do Game of Thrones, man, be one of the Night Walkers. Yeah, you know, so that would be great. Oh, man, that, I love it, man. We're gonna I tweet. It, we're tweeting George you, R. R. Martin right now. Yeah, we're gonna tweet George R. R. Martin right now on that. <laughs> I, so we want to break both these shows down with you. Walking Dead. Do you find the show scary? Because I think a lot of people that I talk to that really, really like the show, they love the gore. They're scared by the zombies. Do Do you find it scary like a horror film, or do you just watch for the drama and the human element? Um, I think it's a little bit of all of that in it, but it's not like a, like a old school horror flick. You know, it's not like that though. They have those points when the, when the zombie might jump out on the camera real fast or something like that, you know, but it's not like horror. I, I wouldn't call it that, you know, you have some gruesome parts when there's blood and everything, you know, but I, I wouldn't say horror. I would, I wouldn't say that. Hey, Ed. I've never seen a single episode of, of Walking Dead, uh, and I genuinely don't enjoy being scared. Uh, life is scary enough sometimes. Sell me on The Walking Dead and why I should watch yeah. it. Man, you should watch it because, you know, it has, some, it has a lot of, of, of aspects of working together, you know, and, and, and going through tough situations in life. You know, I mean, and, and for what you don't know what's to come, in our world, you know, 
it, it, it enlightens you on things, you know, and it brings conversation, to, you know, at work when, when some of your, your coworkers have watched it, you know, it, it, it brings some camaraderie to, to what you do. You know, I think, you know, I mean, I know some guys who, who watched it when I was playing, you know, and it'd be interesting. You know, you, you, you might, you might find a young lady that you take out, you know, instead of having your phone and tweeting and texting and Facebooking, y'all sitting there having a moment about walking dead. You know, it, it might get you a date or two. <laughs> you know Nothing says sexy got, like zombies and eating brains and rotten flesh. I'm telling you, man, it's a turn on. It's a turn on to some women, man. <laughs> so watch so, this episode. <laughs> Don't be like that guy on the all uh, commercial, you know, who who haven't seen football all Sunday and now he's got to get the ticket, you know. <laughs> I, I well, the Walking Dead is the only thing on television that can compete with football as far as ratings goes. Is that right? Like that's all. That's what people want. Wow. To see. Yeah, man. That that is the only show that uh, can compete. And honestly, like I have vivid memories when it first premiered. Is when my daughter was first born, and I would stay up all night holding a screaming newborn, watching like the most graphic wow. zombie show. You know, that's see, I like it. <clears throat> I like it. I like it because you know I grew up watching Return of the Living Dead. I don't know if you remember, it was a comedy like though. Uh, yeah. Return of the Living Dead was more like a comedy. It was the one where Michael Jackson was in it at the end. They had a zombie look like Michael Jackson come on there and do like a move, <laughs> and he sponsored, then he like electrocuted himself and kind of fell out. You know, so. <laughs> You know, I, that's why I watch it, man. I, I've been a fan of, of those type of movies and series for a long time, you know, and it's just, it's something to do. You know, like I say, it has a lot more storyline to it that you can enjoy, man. Well, I do watch Definitely. Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones is big in the Burke household, too, or it was for a while. Who are you rooting for in that show? Who do you want to see on the Iron Throne, Ed? Oh, man. I don't know, man. Uh, that's that's crazy, man. The, the, the Lannisters, like, they're not giving it up, dude. I don't <laughs> know, man. You know, and uh, what, what's, what's my guy's name? Um, uh, what's my guy's name? Um, it's going to come to me. John, he's working oh, with... Um, Jon Snow? He's working with... Uh, now, Jon Snow is my dude, too. I love his family. I can't believe how his family got you know, done with, man. That was just crazy. And his sister well, got to get back in there. Is he I dead? Mean, no, yeah. I don't think so. No, he's back. He's back for this. Well, he's That's dead. been confirmed now. Are we sure? Yes. Because yeah. I had to go through okay. Brody dying in Homeland, and he never came back. I don't think I can go through that again. Uh, don't get me started on a homeland. I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Really? Show went way downhill nah, after this season is, one. This is Ed Tywin, Tywin Lannister. Yeah, Tywin is Lannister Tywin? is who you're thinking. Or no, Peter. Tyrion Lannister, the um, the, the Peter Curtis Dinklage character. Yeah. The little guy. Yeah. Uh, Peter. Dinklage. Yeah, that's Dinklage. my guy right there. Yeah, Peter, yeah, that's my dude right there. He needs to be running everything. <laughs> I, I, I agree, man. I agree. I think his character, and he had a nice run, like right up to that big battle where he got knocked out and his dad came back. Just you never, you never trust a leader with daddy issues, Ed. You know, you, they don't, they don't hold up, man. <laughs> That's true. Is him and my girl gonna get together? Who he's working for now? Like, <laughs> I'm gonna be his main boo. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Uh, Khaleesi, the I Queen of Dragons, or. Yeah, I can see him trying to get with her. So dude. speaking of which, uh, <laughs> Amelia Amelia Clark plays Khaleesi, um, a really important 
uh, subject I wanted to bring up. But um, Ed, she has refused to do any more naked scenes, and this really worries me. Your thoughts? <laughs> what? Why would she do that? I can't <laughs> believe that. I heard that a while back. I heard that. I mean, you know, some people, once they get to certain status, they're too big for roles and all that. Man, come on, Khaleesi. It was like You're the baby. a bad woman. Got an awesome freaking body, you know, not lusting over you or nothing like that, you know what I mean? But, you know, get the people what they want. I mean, I feel like <laughs> I feel like she was a she was a promising rookie. Then she signed that long term contract, and then wasn't performing That's like what she it was. used to. Now you got you know? too big. You got the big right. You got a big hit. Exactly, exactly. Now we got to write you off. You know, <laughs> they got to write her off. Don't give you that much of a role. And, you and know, I remember when she got out of that hot water. When she got out of that hot water, I was like, "Geez, um, how old is she in real life?" Amen, sir. Ed, Ed, what's your favorite death on the show? The the show makes so many headlines for like killing off their major characters. What's what's the one moment that kind of stood out to you as like where you just jumped off the couch and were like, oh damn, what just what just happened? When they killed uh, my man, the the first um, Josh knows that all them. Oh yeah, what's his name? Sean Bean's character. Uh, man, I, man, yeah. I, that hurt me, man. That hurt me. Ned Stark? That hurt me. Ned, I'm like, he's got to come Ned back, Stark. right? Ned, Ned yep. Stark. Ned, Ned Stark. Ned Stark. Ed, I got to... Stark's dead. Man, that hurt me. Ed, I'm not calling you out, man, but you got a lot of guys on the show. You're like, that's my guy, <laughs> that's my guy. I feel like you're playing both sides. You're playing all the sides, man. <laughs> I'm not, but it's like certain people. You didn't hear me, you didn't hear me name none of the Lannisters outside of Tyrant. That's cool. Yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Brian, I like the Stark's family. I do. Ed, were you a fan of The Wire at all? And I'm asking for a specific reason. I was. Yeah, man. What I do you was think a big is fan of The Wire? What do you which also uh, so to me. The also Wire versus me. Game of Thrones, which set of Ooh. characters is more tough to memorize? Cuz I feel like watching The Wire we did the same oh, thing like, oh, you know, not no, not I'm the head drug the dealer, the side It'll be the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, it's about the same. It's about the same unless you just, you know, you just, I don't know, just remember. I don't know too many people just to remember it right off, off back like that, man. They all go the same because there's so many people, you know, and that, but it, it has the same effect as you can see. <laughs> my strategy for watching, my strategy for watching The Wire the second time around was to watch the episode and then go on Wikipedia and read the episode recap uh-huh. just so you can connect the names with what just happened. But even then, I've now forgotten all Right. Of yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've got all the whole series, man, and it's tough. It's tough to remember them all. It really is. Well, see, the, to me, the thing with The Wire was all the characters was, uh, it was like broken up into a season. So you could, a lot of them you could wrap up. Like the second season on the docks, you know you're done with those dudes. Game of Thrones, it all bleeds into each other. And I honestly feel like, to your point, Adam, we should watch it with, like, a family tree next to us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know. It's, it's easy to remember when it's on, definitely. Like, if we've been to saw the series, like, two, three weeks into it, we can come. We can mm-hmm. probably spit the names out like that, you know? Like, it's been off for a while, which I hate. I hate the fact that <laughs> it's in on the episode, and you're like, what, what's going to happen? You know, they'll give you nothing. 
It should be year round. <laughs> it should never stop. All right, Ed. Well, to go to the end of last year, I got to ask one question before we move on. With the White Walkers coming in so strong, does it kind of render every other conflict useless? Like now it's just about who wins that, right? Man, the White Walkers vicious. I want to see how they're going to make enough swords <laughs> to kill them all. <laughs> they vicious. They're coming back. The hardest, but the best thing about that, when the buddy stood on the little ledge at the port, and they all stood back up after they killed them all. Like, oh shit, that was the best shit ever. Ain't no, ain't no other gangster in life ever been that gangster. And <laughs> and do you, do you read? I ain't never seen nobody that hard, man. And do you read the internet theories about the show? Uh, and, and like who who is maybe related to whom uh, that might get revealed later on, or do you just kind of let it let it hit you when the episodes come out? No, I just let it. Yeah, I just kind of let it hit me. I just kind of let it hit me. Yeah, and go from there. Well, Ed, we know we know you got to get to you got to get to dinner. So you know the last thing we're gonna do here is on Just Not Sports. We we love what athletes like to talk about and. We know they used to put you guys through the ringer, um, like at the combine with like the Wonderlick test. So we have the just like just not sports wonder like, which is a couple questions about what you like. So in this case, it's a, it's about Game of Thrones, Empire, and let me, uh, let me ask that. Let me ask. Let me tell you something about that though. Oh. I didn't take the Wonderlick serious. What? I thought the combine was a joke <laughs> well, when I got there. I put I put Abacadabra on it. That's when um you know everything had came out um the movie. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I, I didn't take it serious. I probably I probably should have, but I would have never winded up in Baltimore and won the Super Bowl. So Wait, if I was you, if I had a chance to go and do it again, I probably would take it serious. Do you mean the Harry Potter movie? You just put Harry Potter stuff down? Abracadabra? No, 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 like, no, no, no. That was um, half, it was half baked, man. Oh, okay, half baked. I was like, whoa. Okay, then now I feel really stupid. Have you ever taken the Wonderlick on weed? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's great. They test you, man. They test you, dude. All right. Well, again, a note to NFL rookies: if you don't take it seriously, don't worry. I'm sure you'll have a Hall of Fame career too. So, Ed, I got five questions for you about your shows. Let's see how good you really are. Just not sports wonder. Like question number one. All right. Game of Thrones has the characters that you know the, who carry around the dire wolves. You know, like the big wolves, the Jon Snow's family. What? Yep. What? What U.S. band is the author of the books a fan of? That that's where they got the name. The, the name comes from the what band? What band? Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I have no clue, man. It's the um, the Grateful Dead. The Grateful yeah. Dead. The Grateful Dead. There you go. All right, and then the author. I was wrong. I would never know. That was just a... The author George R. R. Martin is a fan of what NFL teams? Probably the freaking Steelers or the Patriots. <laughs> no. Just the Giants and Jets. Giants and Jets. Look at that whip. Yeah. Go figure. All right, a couple more. Walking Dead featured a character Cranberry that shares. Can I put can I put Abacadabra on this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. you can. There yeah, you go. You can. The guy told you he didn't like Tess. The Walking Dead has a character who's named after one of the three co-hosts you're talking to right now. What's the name? 
Um, Brian. <laughs> no, it's Gareth. <laughs> it's Gareth. It's, it's me, right. Gareth. Man. Come on. We were both guessing on that one. I, don't know, I didn't man. know either. Ed. All right. Uh, uh, Last two. Who's Gareth? The son is the son Gareth. Uh, he had a brief like arc during one year. I had stopped watching by that point, and I br- I came back into it. I was like, oh shit, a Gareth. I'll watch that. If I had, if I had the answer to, I mean, if I had like this was on like multiple choice, I'd have got this stuff, you know. Yeah, hey, that's <laughs> okay. You know Kedavra. what? You could have just thrown that out there. Last one, final one. I got to get one of these. You got one more? Yeah, I got yeah, one more. I got to get this. Cuba Gooding Jr. was on Empire, and his character's name had a nickname that oh, was man. what? It was the same as what popular shoe company? Oh man, I know this too. I can remember seeing him, but he's doing this OJ thing right now. That's right. So it's all, I have no clue. It's it's also a big jungle <laughs> cat. Reebok. Also a big cat. Is it what? It's it's a shoe, but also a big oh. jungle cat. A big jungle cat. You saying all the sponsor? Yeah, no, it ain't um Sacconis, is it? <laughs> Puma. Who knows, man? Puma. Puma. That yeah. was his name, Puma. That's his nickname, Puma. And hey, man. All right, you gotta give me. You gotta, you gotta give me that one. We'll give you partial <laughs> credit. Give you that one. You got that one. We'll give you partial credit for Abracadabra. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gary would have been. I got Gary. I thought Gary was a gimme. That's why I didn't say his name. Yeah. You know? This might sound like a creepy question, but can we come watch TV with you? Man, you know what, bro? We should schedule that. We all just watch like one of these series or something. Preferably Game of Thrones or Walking Dead, though. I don't, we, I don't think we all need to be sitting around watching Empire together. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> just don't, just, it just don't go right. Sure. <laughs> all right. Game well, of Thrones, cool. We got a game. We got a Game of Thrones party. <laughs> Unless Khaleesi gets that's, naked that's again, a, that might get weird too. That's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, man. Get in a theater room somewhere, uh, like a like an old ESPN zone that they don't have anymore, and just have some big chairs and just eat some good food and have some drinks and watch the show. I'm in. That'll I'm happen. In. And also, guys, uh, Ed is a big snowboarder, so we could try to roll it into that as he uh, as his snowboarding career takes off when he's not coaching. He, he revealed that tonight too. Yeah, I'm that's my it. thing, man. Well, Ed, thank you for joining. Hey, Ed, thanks so much for joining us. Have a great dinner. Yes, thank you. Man, I appreciate it, man. Good talking to you guys, man. Today's show is sponsored by The Weatherneck. We spend a lot of time around athletes and super active people, and two things really stand out to us. They love staying active outdoors all year round, and they need quality equipment to do that. Enter The Weatherneck. The Weatherneck is a modern take on the bandana that's quick, quiet, clean, and comfortable, and it's designed specifically for performance outdoors. It features high-tech fabrics and powerful magnets that make it today's outdoor bandana, and it's comfortable. The center mesh section allows for full breath when active outdoors, and the wicking fabrics eliminate the nasty soaking wetness that can bunch up in fleeces. Everyone knows what it's like to put on like a knit scarf, try to be on a bike out in the cold. It's just awful. Your face gets super wet. And it's super convenient. It removes in one second with one hand. That's amazingly helpful if you're on the bike, on the run, or just outdoors doing your thing. I know the guys who created this. They are super smart, super passionate, the types of people I would trust. Go to theweatherneck.com for more information 
or to place an order. Theweatherneck.com. Ah, Ed Reed. Lots of fun. Good times talking to Ed. I hope he enjoyed dinner. <laughs> Joe, Joe, what do you think Ed had for dinner? I don't know. Maybe like a surf and turf or something. I think they were at uh, an Outback, if I recall correctly. So, <laughs> Bloomin' Onion, maybe? I don't know. Hey, Ed, if you had a Bloomin' Onion, uh, send us the bill. We'll pick it up. <laughs> Just mail it to Joe Reed. Dude, Ed Reed, I have to say, who shares a name with Joe. One of my favorite people I have ever met in the world of sports. And my guess is he didn't go surf and surf. That man keeps his body in shape. I bet it was like fish or lean chicken. Ed Reed could still take the field. Just ask him. Wait, or the so bills now, I guess. There's no way he's doing surf and turf. He's probably doing fish and some kind of grazing animal. Come on, man. It's exactly <laughs> surf and turf. Just chicken instead of steak. <laughs> That's, uh, all right, let's get let's close Touché. this up. Let's get to our I shout think outs. what you meant is he's not having the awesome blossom. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. That's true. With, yeah. the, with the donkey sauce on the side. Mm. Um, let's get to our <laughs> shout outs. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Ed Reed. I guess we just did. Uh, really had a lot of fun with him. I want to give a shout out to Peter King. Adam, uh, you've worked with Peter before. You've actually been in his Monday morning quarterback column. Yeah, it was one of my greatest honor. I think it was actually his training camp report. Right, um, right. But a story for another time. Yeah, and uh, we had a lot of fun I, talking about I was him. actually two. I was also in his Monday morning quarterback column I was as in well. His Monday when I was morning in, quarterback column too. If Joe reads like I was too, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm out. I'm just like, so I'm not doing something right. Can I just be? Can I just have mental health and Peter King by myself? Would you have to chime in on every damn thing I do, Gary? <laughs> Pilot. Well, in. if it's if it's any consolation, Adam, I was not name checked. He just shouted out a graphic I aired when I was a BA uh, in doing live football games. Ironically enough, the graphic was about Ed Reed. Bro, ah, Adam right. got like a like a vignette, like by name story. Like, don't don't bring that weak sauce in here, man. Don't bring that weak blooming onion sauce in here. Like, oh, he liked one of my graphics. This was many years ago because I was called the fresh face public relations assistant, Adam Willard. No longer so fresh faced. Oh, fresh face. You remember it word for word. That is your new intro. It's the fresh face to PR executive, Adam Willard. Gareth, Gareth, do you have any shout outs this week? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, shout out to. One of the best editors in all of sports, Anthony Cortese. We were just working on a piece, and I said, hey, man, do you mind if I duck out to do some podcasting? We had wrapped for the day. We were not going into overtime. And he said, yeah, well, you mentioned me on the show. I said, absolutely. Anthony Cortese, you do great work. Uh, So shout out to Anthony. We've spent way too many hours together in a small room. Adam, you got any shout outs? Sure, man. Uh, as usual, I'd like to uh, shout out my boy Uzi, Def Jeff, the legend, Little Swanee, yeah, Meech, strangest name in the world, word, Ron Mack, and uh, my uncle, no, other cousin Ron. Oh, my other cousin Ron. Love those guys. Thanks for all you do every week for the show, dudes. And uh, in the immortal words of Shaquille O'Neal, booty rappers, rappers, stay booty, stay booty. Stay booty.